Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. We're now in Masachet Yom Tov, commonly called Beitzah after the first word in the Masachet. But the Rishonim generally referred to it as Masachet Yom Tov. Uh, Masachet Yom Tov is made up of five chapters dealing with those halachot uh, which are common to the Yom Tovim, the Yom Tovim, which is uh, the first and last days of Pesach, the day of Shavuot, the first day of Sukkot, the last, the Shemini Atzeret, and Rosh Hashanah, uh, and has a large emphasis on uh, on Melachet Ochel Nefesh and on issues of Muktza, which we are going to deal with forthwith. Uh, this uh, first chapter is focused mainly on Muktza, and we'll deal with some uh, some uh, nomenclature and definitions along the way. The first two Mishnayot are included together here, and only the first half of the first Mishnah is germane to us for the next few Shurim. So as is our uh, style, we will just read that part of the Mishnah and go straight to the Gemara. Beitzah biyom tov. So if an egg was hatched on Yom Tov, Beit Shemai Omrim Te'achel, Beit Shemai say it may be eaten on Yom Tov, it may not be eaten on Yom Tov. <coughs> the rest of the Mishnah is uh, going to be picked up much later. So, <coughs> go to the Gemara. What are we dealing with? If it's a chicken that was set aside for eating, it was going to be slaughtered, and you may slaughter on Yom Tov. So, my talk to Beit why would Beit say that you can't eat the egg? It's essentially a piece of the food of the animal that was not Moktza. It must be a, uh, an egg-laying chicken. So why would Beit Shammai say that the egg may be eaten? After all, the egg is <coughs> was not around. Muktzahi, it was not prepared, it was not set aside or designated for Yom Tov uh, because it wasn't in the world yet. So my kusha, what's the problem? Maybe Beit Shammai do not accept the concept of Muktzah, meaning that you may use things on Yom Tov that were not designated for Yom Tov in advance. So, we originally thought in discussing this, we thought that any, even those who would permit Muktzah, such as Rabbi Shimon, would prohibit Nolad, that which is newly into the world on Yom Tov. Why would Beit Shemai say you may eat the egg? So, let's go back to the second Ukimta, that it's a, uh, a chicken that's uh, a hen that's sitting on eggs. It's a very simple equation. If you hold from Muktzah, you hold from Nolad. If not, not. So Beit Shemai Kribi Shimon, Beit Shemai simply hold like Kribi Shimon, who throughout Masachet Shabbat and Yom Tov says that there is no Deen of Muktzah, meaning that something does not need to be designated for Yom Tov or for Shabbat use. And Beit Halal agree with Rabbi Yehuda, who says it does. The question is, how could Rav Nachman propose that? After all, Rav Nachman said the exact opposite. Fatnan, in Shabbat we learned Beit Shammai Omrim and Megbihin Me'al Shochan Atzamot Uklipin Beit Shammai again being lenient said you could take uh, um, bones and peels off of the table uh, when you're done even though they have no use anymore You pick up the whole tray and just kind of toss it and uh, and um, shake it so that the peels come off In other words, Beit Hillel has Moktza Beit Shammai does not Nachman, what did Ram Nachman say commenting on that? We have the exact opposite, which is that Beit Hillel is lenient, 
And therefore, Rav Nachman said, we have to switch the positions in the Mishnah and Shabbat and say, Beit Hillel are the ones who allow you to take the peels off, and Beit Shemai say, you have to shake them off. So, Amar Lachem Nachman, Rav Nachman could still defend his Ukimta here, with that comment there. How? Gabei Shabbat, Satam Lantanaki Rabbi Shimon, in the context of Shabbat, where the Tana uh, gave us the anonymous opinion, meaning, Rebbe organized the Mishnayot to put the anonymous opinion following Rabbi Shimon, Non. How do we know that? You can cut up gourds in front of animals for animal food, and you can cut up a nevela, and that's a nevela, died on Shabbat. An animal died on Shabbat. You can cut it up to feed dogs on Shabbat. So, so therefore, Rabbi Nachman says, Beitilel must have the position of Rabbi Shimon, meaning, whatever the halacha is, is going to be Beitilel. And since the halacha evidently follows Rabbi Shimon in the context of Shabbat as evidenced by the Stam Mishnah, it must be that Beit Hillel holds like Rabbi Shimon, and that's why he switched the opinions in the Mishnah about the peels. But in the context of Yom Tov, where the Stam teaching is followed for Rabbi Yehuda Dinan, as we'll see later on in Beit Tov, you can't chop up wood, let's say for a fire, which you're allowed to make a fire in Yom Tov, or feed a fire, from beams, or from a beam that broke on Yom Tov, which means that it, because it's no lot, essentially, it's off-limits. So therefore, Mokim Lala Beitel, Rabbi Yehuda, he says, therefore, since the Stam, the default ruling <coughs> in Yom Tov, counterintuitively, is more severe, and accepts Muktzah, it must be that that's Beit Hillel, so therefore Beit Hillel must accept Rabbi Yehuda, who holds of Muktzah, in Yom Tov, and, and, and Rabbi Shimon, who does not hold the muktzah when it comes to Shabbat. So now, who's the one who decided the Stam Matnitin Rabbi? So it's one person's opinion here. So why did Rabbi make the Stam Mishnah follow Rabbi Shimon in Shabbat, and the Stam Mishnah follow Rabbi Yudah in Yom Tov? The answer is Amrit. They said the following in the Beit Midrash, Shabbat the Chamira Veloata the Zizuli by Shabbat is more severe. People are more careful about Shabbat. They're not going to treat Shabbat lightly. Therefore, Satam Lan Rabbi Shimon the Mekel, they he gave the Stam opinion like Rabbi Shimon, who is lenient and does not and does not hold a Muktza. Yom Tov the kill, but Yom Tov is lighter. We cook, we do all sorts of other things. Vat the Zizuli, and people are going to mistreat it and treat Yom Tov lightly. Therefore, Rebbe gave the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda as the default opinion, and therefore that must have been Beit Now, Rabbi Ukimta, what was Rabbi Nachman's Ukimta? He says the whole issue is that it's a chicken that's going to lay eggs, a hen that's laying eggs, and the issue is Muktza. So, if that's the case, why do we then disagree about the egg? Let's disagree about the chicken. This chicken is also Muktza, and if you want to take the chicken and shecht it on Yom Tov, you couldn't, according to Beit Hillel, according to Rabbi Yehuda. The answer is, to show you how far Beit Shammai is willing to go, that even the eggs mutar. Why don't we show how extreme Beit Hillel is and show that they don't allow you to even take the chicken? And if you would argue the argument that we often use, if we're more impressed by the lenient opinion, so you could have answered differently here, which is that Beit Hillel's opinion interests us far more than Beit Shammai's because the halacha, but they have a different challenge, which is so why don't we just have both? Which is that the a, a hen laying a, an egg laying hen, sorry, 
uh, it and its eggs, but Shammai allow it to be eaten, and he'll allow, say you can't eat either. So that can't be it. So that's Rav Nachman's, the challenge against Rav Nachman. So we go to the next generation. We go back to our first Tukimta, that it is a regular chicken for food. We're talking about Yom Tov that falls on Sunday. Alright, which is based on what? Mishum hachana. The problem here is one of hachana, which means that things that are prepared for Yom Tov must be prepared in a permissible fashion. So Rabba's, Rabba's first position is any egg that's laid today was finished 24 hours earlier. Meaning it was, that's when it was finished as in its process and 24 hours later it came out. For Rabba Latame, and Rabba is following his own argument, in the context of the man, on Friday they have to prepare what they're going to bring. The limud is chol mechin Shabbat, and chol you could prepare for Shabbat. Chol mechin the Yom Tov, chol can prepare for Yom Tov. Vein Yom Tov mechin the Shabbat, vein Shabbat mechin the Yom Tov. But Shabbat nor Yom Tov can prepare for each other. How do we cook on Yom Tov, which is Friday for Shabbat? That's erev tavshilin. We'll deal with that in the second parak. But Rabba says that mida oraita, um, you uh, you cannot prepare, and therefore this egg was prepared on Shabbat for Yom Tov. So So Abaye then turns to Rabbi and says, Then you should be able to eat this egg on a regular Yom Tov, as long as the Yom Tov wasn't Sunday. So he says, So Rabbi says, We don't allow an egg on any Yom Tov because of Yom Tov on, for, on Sunday. So Shabbat Almatishtari. But then you should allow an egg that's born on Shabbat because according to you, it was finished on Friday, a regular Friday, and then it just was kind of held inside and put outside. You should be able to eat it. Because of Shabbat, when Yom Tov is Friday. Since when do we make Zerot like that? If you shech the chicken and you find inside completed eggs, you're allowed to eat them on Yom Tov. According to you, you should make the same Zerah and say, if it were born hatched today, we wouldn't eat it. If it was laid today, we wouldn't be able to eat it. And certainly, uh, we extend the Gzera and say, if you find it inside. So, Marley, Rabbi's defense was, It's very uncommon to shech the chicken and find completed eggs inside. We find consistently, the Rabbanon do not extend the Gzera to unusual cases. Okay, that was Rabba, that was the challenge, that was the defense. Rav Yosef has a very simple answer. The reason you're not allowed to eat an egg that's laid on Yom Tov is because of Xerah, because of fruit that falls off a tree. Because fruit that falls off a tree on Yom Tov, you're not allowed to eat because of Xerah, then you might pick the fruit off the tree. So Marley Abai, Perotanoshrin, Tamamai, what's the reason that we have Xerah against Perotanoshrin? Xerah, Shema Yalevit Losh, we're afraid you're going to climb the tree and take the stuff off. So he goof Xerah, Perotanoshrin is itself Xerah, because it's not inherently prohibited. Are we going to put a xerah against that, uh, around that xerah? Extend the precaution against the precaution? We don't do that. So the answer is that the original prohibition was made, the original xerah was made to be, <coughs> in order to make sure you don't climb up a tree and cut off a fruit, you can't take fruit that fell off or anything similar to that, including an egg that was laid. So Rabbi Yitzchak has something very similar to Rabbi Yosef. First of all, it's a xerah. And it's an exerah because of mashkin shizavu, meaning if you have fruit and the juice comes out of the fruit on Yom Tov, you're not allowed to drink it. Buy a mashkin shizavu, what's the reason? We're afraid you're going to squeeze it out. 
So Rabbi Abayah's challenge was the same challenge. He go here, the whole, thing, the whole thing of Peiro, of Mashkan Zavu, Shazavu is Xera. Are we going to add Xera to it? And the answer again is Kula Chad the same reasoning. Now, Kula, let's sum up the four opinions. Kula, Rav Nachman, Lomri. So, Rabba, Rav Yosef, and Rav Yitzchak did not agree with Rav Nachman saying that the issue was of Muktza. Kikushin, because then our question of why didn't they mention both the chicken and the egg? Kirabba, Nami, Lomri. They didn't like Rabba because Hachana, Leitlu. They don't accept that Hachana is Doraita. Of Yosef, my Yitzchak. So the last two of Yitzchak, of Yosef, of Yitzchak, we understand why they didn't like the first two opinions. But why didn't they accept each other's? Amarlach beitza uchlu perotuchla. He said, "Look, the fruit out of a tree is food, and the egg is food, and then therefore lafukimashkin lavuchla is opposed to liquids coming out of juice coming out of a fruit, which is really not analogous." Hard to say that that's one of Zera. Yitzchak, my Tamalamar, of Yosef. Why didn't Rabbi Yitzchak agree with Rabbi Yosef? The egg is inside the chicken, the mashkin are inside the fruit, as opposed to perot, which are sitting out there in the open, and therefore the great, the closer analogy is to the uh, mashkin and not to the fruit. And then we find that uh, Rabbi Yochanan is brought in. Rabbi Yochanan agrees with me, Yitzchak. No surprise, they're both Bnei Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Yochanan, Rami, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yochanan brought a contradiction within Rabbi Yehuda's words, or Mishani, and then he answered it, so we have to see the contradiction, and then Rabbi Yochanan's answer. None. You're not allowed to squeeze fruit to take out liquids, to get liquids out. If they come out on their own, you're not allowed to use them. If the food was set aside for, for eating, if the fruit was set aside for eating, like table grapes, then whatever comes out is mutar. But if they're set aside like wine grapes to be squeezed, so he makes that distinction. So we see that according to Rabbi Yehuda, juice coming out of food is part of food, as long as the thing is designated as food. About making a tanai and being able to take trumot and masrot, uh, when you have two days of Yom Tov, and you can make the condition, take Trumot Tomasrot on the first day and say, if today is Chol, these are Trumot Tomasrot, today's Yom Tov, what I'm doing is nothing, do the same thing the next day. And you, and a Beitzah that's born, that's hatched, that's laid on the first day of Yom Tov can meet on the second day. Shani in Rishon Lo, but not on the first day. So Rabbi Yudas evidently says that a Beitzah doesn't work. How did Rabbi Yochan answer the contradiction? He said, indeed, the position in the first one should be reversed. That Rabbi Yehuda holds that uh, that that the food is considered really essentially a liquid. So he says, therefore, it must be that he holds mashkin shazavu. And the fact that Rabbi Yochanan throws one against the other must be because he holds it's a conceptual similarity, and that's because the beitzah is initially mashkin shazavu. Ravina Mar, just on that contradiction, the Olam Lotefuch, you don't have to change them. Rabbi Yehuda, the Divrahim, the Rabbanon Kamerlu. Rabbi Yehuda was responding to Rabbanon's position. I think an egg can be eaten on the first day. It was part of the food. At least you should agree that on the second day it can be eaten. Because two separate days. From Rabbanon, the Rabbanon said, Two days of Yom Tov are one day, or one Kedusha. The piece about the egg in the Brita 
was a case of a Tarnigolet that was going to lay eggs, and Rabbi Yudu was simply following his own reasoning, which is Muktza. And it has nothing to do with the issue of Mashkin Shazavu. So we know that Rabbi Yochanan's analysis is not necessarily correct, but we do know that Rabbi Yochanan himself felt that the issue of Beitzah was an issue of Mashkin Shazavu. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We're going to pick it up with a continued discussion about the nature of the problem of a Beitzah Shinol Dabi Yom Tov. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.